Um, let me tell you about home title lock. Uh, I don't know if they're not stopping fights in the middle of the streets, they're probably not t- stopping home title fraud either. Uh, home titles are online now, and once a criminal accesses your home's title, uh, you could be in serious trouble. Uh, it, they can sell the house out from under you. Um, so when is the last time you checked to see if your home's title is still in your name? Probably like never, or maybe when you bought the house, if anything. The folks over at Home Title Lock have demonstrated to me how online criminals can get you. In just a few minutes, they were able to find my title and forge my signature and show me they could have easily stolen my house. Thankfully, they didn't. Home Title Lock helps shut this kind of thing down. It's what they do every day. They do it better than anybody else. And, you know, you don't want to find out what the damage is like once it has already been done. So be proactive. Stop the crime before it happens. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Get 30 risk-free days of protection when you use the promo code BECK. HomeTitleLock.com. Promo code is BECK at HomeTitleLock.com. Radio show starts right now. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. We've got a lot to go over uh, with Senator Mike Lee. He joins us. We're going to talk a little bit about the strike on Russia that just happened. Don't know if he even knows about it. Uh, Then we also have the debt ceiling. What's happening in the Supreme Court uh, and the militarization of our government agencies. It's uh, quite a smorgasbord. We'll eat from that uh, board here in just 60 seconds. I want you to... I want you to think how is the best way we could possibly help those babies that their mom is going in to maybe have an abortion today. What's the best thing we can do to help? To me, there's two things. Save the baby and save the mother. I've gotten so many letters from people who have had abortions uh, in the past and they all start the same way. I've never told anyone this. I so regret it. I've thought about it my entire life since. Uh, We have to save the moms and the babies. And then we have to help the moms be great moms and take some of the burden away from mom as she's raising the baby. That's what a preborn clinic does. First thing, stop the baby from being killed. That's show mom the baby on an ultrasound and the heartbeat. That's where you come in. Uh, right now, any gift you would make to preborn is tax deductible. 100% of your gift, 100% goes towards saving babies. 28 bucks buys an ultrasound for a mom who really probably doesn't want one. So that's why they offer them for free. Pound 250. Buy an ultrasound or two or three. Pound 250. Say the keyword baby. Or you can go to preborn.com slash Beck. That's preborn.com slash Beck. Sponsored by Preborn. Senator Mike Lee. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Good to be with you, Glenn. Yeah, thank you. 
I have a, uh, a rule that Stu and I heard about on a ruling uh, this week that I want to talk to you. I, I got to get to that, too. Um, but first of all, have you heard about the strike of what is being called Ukrainian drones hitting the uh, the Kremlin blowing up last night? Didn't do any damage to the Kremlin. But they shot them out of the sky, and they said that it was an assassination attempt. Uh, they were headed towards the presidential palace. Yeah, I, I read about this in the Guardian just uh, just before I took this call, and uh, there's a significant development. We know very little. I, I, I don't know any more than what's been reported publicly, uh, but that's certainly a significant development of that conflict. Uh, it raises all kinds of questions in my mind as to. Uh, what what kind of weapons were being used, where they came from, how they, they were deployed, and so forth. But, uh, yeah, this is a significant escalation in that conflict. I mean, if uh, another country sent a, even a little drone with firecrackers in it uh, and hid into our Capitol Dome trying to make even just a statement, I would think that we were uh, we would be... Uh, closer to war footing in a serious, serious way. Would you agree with that? Yes. Uh, Yes, one could certainly make that argument very persuasively. Look, the the point is that that there really are consequences. There are significant implications that come from getting involved in what might be characterized as a proxy war through a third-party nation. Uh, When you do that, um, there can be consequences. And so that's why this is cause for concern. We need to know more about how this happened, how serious it was, how close they came, um, because this could have implications for American national security. And it's something we need to follow. So, Mike, can I ask you a question? It's probably a really stupid question uh, for you. Um, But so try not to make me look so bad. But where is my representation? I know I elect congressmen and I elect senators and I you know, elect presidents. And so I can vote, but they are not abiding by the constitution. Um, I feel like most Americans feel like, wait, we're going to war with Russia. What, what is happening? Why are we doing this? Nobody's even making the case. Um, it seems like there are just, there's a machine that's just clicked on and no one can even question it. I saw yesterday, or I mean, uh, last week, the president gave a billion dollars to China, just gave them a billion dollars. And I thought, did that go through Congress? Because that billion dollars is more money than uh, like a whole town of people will ever give through maybe three generations of of work. Where is the representation of the people on these things? Yeah, look, um, as you point out, people are all over the place on this politically. And there, there are those in Congress, in the Senate and at the House, and in both political parties, who strongly support the aid that we've been providing to Ukraine and want us to provide more. There are others like me who have significant concerns with the aid that you, we've been providing to Ukraine. Just uh, in the last uh, 10 days or so, um, I sent a letter along with a handful of my colleagues in the House and in the Senate expressing grave concerns about what we're doing. Um, it, it, this is a letter that on the Senate side was signed by me along with uh, 
with Senators J.D. Vance of Ohio and Rand Paul of Kentucky. And it was led by Representative Eli Crane uh, and signed by about 15 congressmen on the House side. And the letter says in part that unrestrained U.S. aid for Ukraine needs to come to an end and that we plan to oppose future aid packages, uh, especially if they're not linked to some clear diplomatic strategy designed to bring the war to a rapid conclusion. That's been our, our great concern. Glenn, it, it, you wouldn't believe that how much opposition there is to this very simple concept there. Uh, oh, I would. People have just ad- adopted lock, stock, and barrel the assumption that this war is an unmitigated good, that our support for this war is an unmitigated good. Look, I, I don't like Vladimir Putin. I am not a fan of Russia. Uh, I, I, I also know that Russia has a lot of nuclear weapons. I also know that uh, that could cause problems for us and our allies if we're not very, very careful. Yeah, and I also so, know yeah. I also know that um, the Ukraine is one of the dirtiest, most corrupt countries in the world. And maybe 30 percent of our dollar is going to where we're trying to get it to. Most of it is going to these these, uh, you know, uh, gangsters. It's all going to the elites and the gangsters over there. And nobody even cares. That's 70 cents on every dollar. I don't know. I care about that. Yes. Uh, and you should care about that. And once it leaves our hands and goes to another country, it's very, very difficult, not just to control it, but even to account for where it went, uh, whether it's in Ukraine or a lot of other countries. But as you point out, it, there are known problems within Ukraine, and especially during wartime. You're probably going to have even less accountability than you would so, ordinarily. You know, Mike, we've solved this before. In World War II, we sent money uh, to the Arab uh, countries uh, for the war in the Middle East, and we sent uh, money to Hawaii. And when we did, everyone had the Treasury seal. The ones in Hawaii, I can't remember exactly what they were, but one was like red, the seal instead of that green seal and then the one in the desert was brown and that way they could track where that money was going and they could also say that money's worthless it's no good if it has a brown seal don't don't accept it as as money we can do it we choose not to yeah we we don't do it and the sheer volume of money that we're talking about here is itself independently cause for concern. We're talking about $113 billion that were appropriated by Congress last year alone for aid to Ukraine. Put that in perspective, Glenn. I'm told Ukraine in a typical year spends between 4 and $5 billion on defense in an entire year. And I'm told that in a typical year, Russia spends about $65 billion on defense. So when we're talking about multiples, many multiples, uh, dozens of multiples of what they spend on defense in Ukraine and close to double what Russia spends on defense in a typical year. Uh, that makes us a very significant player in this conflict. And I fear sometimes that uh, people aren't entirely grasping the extent of our involvement and hence the extent of our exposure there. What I wish we were doing is identifying a way to resolve this conflict, to bring it to yeah. an end. What I wish we were doing is focusing on the fact that if we figured out ways to get American oil and natural gas uh, over to Europe, flood the European energy market with 
U.S. sources of energy. Yeah, that no. Russia would play a less dominant role. Yeah. Russia would have less money to play with. Putin would have less capital uh, they are, uh, to justify this conflict. Europe has laundered the oil. They're buying it through India, and India is buying it from Russia. That's that's what's happening. Um, let me switch topics. The White House is now thinking that maybe we don't even need to have a debt ceiling. Maybe that's not even constitutional, so we don't have to do anything. The Fed is going to raise the interest rates again. They are squeezing the American people. They're squeezing the the smaller banks, and they're all being rolled up into the Fed banks. We're going to end up with maybe three banks, five banks, and they'll all be Fed banks. Uh, And they're raising the rate uh, yet again, it seems. And yet they say they have to do that for inflation, but they will not even make mention of the spending of the federal government. All of us could go on a spending spree with no limits on our credit card, and we wouldn't begin to spend half of the money that the federal government is spending on stupid things every single day. Yeah, and this is one of the reasons why I've got major concerns with Jed, uh, with, with Jay Powell uh, at the Federal Reserve. Look, he came to us throughout the COVID disaster, the COVID nightmare, and continued to reassure Congress that, oh, don't worry, you're spending trillions of dollars more than you're bringing in each year, but this is not going to have a significant impact on inflation. That has continued, and they continue to not warn the American people or Congress or the White House about the very close connection between us spending too much money and having inflation. They don't talk about that. They instead resort to the Federal Reserve raising interest rates, which, by the way, is itself even too little. If you're going to use that tool exclusively, you'd have to go a lot higher than this with devastating consequences. But wouldn't it be nice, Glenn, if Congress just stopped spending more than we brought yeah. in? Yeah. I mean, I, I heard Schumer. Good, they don't want to do that. I heard Schumer say this is draconian. These cuts. We're talking about going back to the spending of what? 2020. How could that possibly be draconian? 2022 is still allowing for a rate of growth increase beyond that. This is absolutely absurd. Now, Glenn, as to your point about the constitutionality of debt ceiling increases and, and debt ceilings, this is science fiction fantasy that they have come up with. I'll tell you what the 14th Amendment says. The 14th Amendment says we can't default says that we have to honor the instruments of U.S. debt that we issue. That is very different than saying we do not authorize the Treasury Secretary to issue more instruments of debt, more U.S. Treasury bonds, uh, uh, once you go beyond a certain level. There is absolutely nothing in the 14th Amendment that justifies what they're doing. And by even floating that theory, they're engaging in lawlessness. Is there a is there a way to make a deal? I mean, honestly, Mike, I, I'm I'm to the point to where this government is spending my tax dollars on things that my congressman doesn't even get a chance to vote on. Doesn't even vote on them. They just do it. And yep. the, where's my representation? 
That's taxation without representation. They are putting my children into the poorhouse and everybody else's into the poorhouse because the administrative arm feels it's the right thing to do. And that Congress is not even consulted, not even consulted. No, that, that's, that's right. It, it, look, what's happening here is the Democrats are doing what they always do when they don't like the rules and they can't get what they want. They try to change the rules. But you can't simply reinterpret the Constitution to mean what you want it to mean in order to achieve your policy objectives. There is good news here. The good news is that the House of Representatives, uh, under the Republican leadership, and Speaker Kevin McCarthy, passed a really good it compromise is. package. We had a lot of members of Congress who have never voted before to raise the debt ceiling, who did so on this one because this actually would do some things to bring inflation under control and bring federal spending under control so that we don't have to come back to this well as often as Congress frequently does. That is the offer, and they need to do that. Now, I'm I'm leading a a letter uh, uh, being signed by a number of Republican members of the Senate. We're committing to vote against cloture, uh, to oppose bringing debate to a close on any bill that would raise the debt ceiling without significant substantive spending and budget reforms. Good. Because what the White House is calling for, remember, is a so-called clean debt ceiling increase. No. no strings attached. No. And, and we're not willing to do that. And we, we can get 41 Republican senators to sign on to this letter and, and to agree to support this effort. Then it'll go a long way toward making clear that any debt ceiling increase is going to have Good. to contain significant restrictions. All right. Hang on just a sec. Do you have time to hang on for five more minutes? Sure. Okay. Hang sure. on. Five more minutes with Mike Lee. Um, I got some questions about what's happening with the Supreme Court and something that I'd never heard of until on this program a couple of days ago. And I don't know why we don't use this all the time. Relief Factor is our sponsor. Dolores wrote in. She said, I started taking Relief Factor not long ago and so far completely stopped the arthritis pain in my hands. They were so bad, it was getting impossible to do anything with them. And my sewing, I couldn't I couldn't pick it up. Thank you, Relief Factor. D, thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank you for giving Relief Factor a try. I'm glad you got your life back. If you're dealing with pain, please. Just give Relief Factor a try. If it doesn't work for you, yes, you're out 20 bucks. But at least you gave it a shot. It works for 70% of the people who tried. They go on to order more month after month. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. Call 800 the number 4 relief. 800 the number 4 relief. ReliefFactor.com or call 800 the number 4 relief. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. 10 seconds station ID. So uh, we had a justice come out over the weekend and say, I pretty much know, I think, uh, who leaked the Dobbs case, uh, but I don't want to say. Then some Internet sleuths were saying it's Sotomayor. Uh, Is there no way we can find out about this, Mike? Is there nothing that can be done? Uh, There's a lot that can be done. Look, all that has to happen. They need to reopen the investigation. The marshal of the Supreme Court needs to be directed to reopen it and conduct it with the help of deputized uh, law enforcement personnel from the U.S. Marshal Service. And they need to go uh, back to all of these law clerks and make sure that every one of them participates 
in an interview, I can guarantee they can find who this person is. Yeah, this is ridiculous. And and oh, and the, the statement that came out this weekend was this was an attempt to get one of us killed. This was an assassination yeah. attempt. Right, right. Uh, to, to either get one of them killed or at least cause a, a reasonable fear yes. uh, among them that, that they might be killed. And either way, uh, whoever did this was good with that. If it meant that it, it would mean no Dobbs majority opinion as it was in fact issued. But the, the day after this leak happened, so uh, the, the leak happened one year ago yesterday, the day after I was talking to, to our friend, Dan Bongino and uh, I, Dan asked me essentially the same question. Can they find this? And I said, Dan, you're a law enforcement guy. If, if I had access to you and they let the two of us go in there and ask them, we would figure out the right questions to ask. Yes. If we had access to all the law clerks, we could figure out who did it. I'm pretty sure it's a law. Clerk. So you, you think it's a law? You don't people. think that it is a, a Supreme court justice member? No, no, I don't. I, I think that's highly uh, uh, not just unlikely. I think it's implausible. Huh? Okay. Uh, I, Good. I, I think it was a law clerk. And if we had access to the law clerks, uh, I told Dan, you, you and I could figure this out uh, within 48 hours. Okay. Because you go and you ask the right questions and you figure out who, who might have done it. You ask each law clerk to describe circumstances, who they're talking to. Uh, you get the, the lay of the land, so to speak. Among the law courts, it's not going to be that hard. It sounds to me like some on the on the Supreme Court, including my former boss Justice Alito, might well have figured out who it is or narrowed mm. it down significantly at least. Mm. It's not that hard to figure this out. I don't know why they conducted an investigation in the first instance that was incomplete. Uh, Senator Mike Lee, I'm I'm out of time now. I can't get to the question that I had for you, but uh, may I ask you back to answer this? Because it's a, a rule I've never heard of, and it just worked on the on the ATF on firearms, and I don't know why we don't use I it all the time. You're talking about the Sixth Circuit's ruling, yeah. on the rule of lenity. Yeah, hang I on, I don't. I talk about that. You'll come back to talk about that. Heck yeah. Yeah. All right. Good. Thanks, Mike Lee, Senator from the great state of Utah. All right, we're going to talk a little bit about the Fed and what is happening in the economy and the banks next. The Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The word loan is getting scary. The word bank is getting scary. Um, You should be afraid of the, the rate, the interest rate that is going up yet again today, it looks like. That is terrifying. But especially if you have a lot of debt on a credit card, uh, you're going to pay more and more. You will not be able to pay that debt off soon. Please consider, please consider a consolidation loan. Um, If you have a home and you have a lot of equity in it, can you roll that that, uh, debt from the credit card into that equity and be able to pay it off from the credit card company at 25% interest and pay five and a quarter interest. That saves a ton. Please call American Financing now. See if it can help. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. Or go to AmericanFinancing.net. That's AmericanFinancing.net.
Looking for something to watch at 8 p.m. Eastern? Start with Stu Does America, followed by Glenn TV. Tonight, back-to-back on Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. In just the last five weeks, we've had three banks fail. Okay, 2007, 25 banks failed uh, and had to be bailed out, including Washington Mutual, the single largest bank failure in U.S. history. It w- the total was $526 billion, and it happened over 95 banks. Um. And I know I think, no, I'm sorry. It happened uh, over 25 banks and it was 12 month period. In the last five weeks, we've had three banks fail and we have already exceeded the 2007 total by about $6 billion adjusted for inflation. But that also doesn't include Credit Suisse a month ago. And we know that our Federal Reserve provided money for them. We just won't actually know it for another two years we now have PacWest and Western Alliance in trouble. Bank stocks went down 50%. We are, uh, I don't think we're at the end of this. Feels more like the beginning of something. Carol Roth is with us. Carol, do I have that right? Do you think we're at the beginning of something or is this over now? So I think we're probably at the Jeez. Oh, you, you're cutting in and out. Sorry. Hey, Glenn. No. Errol, we got to fix it. Technology. All right. See if you can take her off the air real quick and fix it. I want to buy a minute here while you're trying to do that. Uh, let me tell you about my pillow. Sometimes all you want is curl up on the couch with a nice book, warm beverage. We won't be going to commercials after this station. Hopefully, we'll be going back to uh, Carol. Um, you just want to enjoy the stillness of a peaceful, quiet evening. Unfortunately, uh, your spouse and children have to be locked out of the house for that happen for that to happen, but it's totally worth it. Anyway, if you want comfortable footwear, you know, for the kids and, you know, for the spouse as they're locked outside, you can wear it in the house. They can wear them outside of the house and you can get one for everybody because they're having a massive closeout sale right now. Use the promo code Beck. You'll get the all season slippers for 25 bucks. It's normally $149.98, which means you're getting $120 in savings. My slippers, four layer design. You're going to love them. MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square. Grab a pair of the all new all season slippers. 25 bucks. It's not going to last long. Limit 10 per uh, pairs at checkout. 800-966-3117. Uh, let's go back to Carol, who I think is on the phone now. Hi, Carol. I talked to her a little bit last night on Studios America, Glenn. We went through, maybe we could talk to her about this when we get through this. Um, the, the commercial real estate, yeah, which is something I feel like has been really off the radar for most people. Mm-hmm. But you think about the combination of this problem that we're having in combination with what happened after COVID, where people don't want to go to these buildings anymore. They don't want to, they're not filling these office buildings anymore. Right. It could be a real crisis. And they're all coming up for renewal of their loans. It's it's mm. really not good. Carol? Yes, Glenn. Can let you me, hear me? Yes, I can. Let me just say this. Uh, whoever does these kinds of things, 
put a hard line into her house so we don't have this problem again. Uh, Carol. Yes. Uh, the Fed is going to raise rates again. Isn't they this sure banking thing, are, are, isn't our banks unstable because they've been raising rates? Yes, this has been a one-two punch from the Fed. They are the ones that have caused this problem. And unfortunately, nobody in the mainstream media is really pointing the fingers at what happened. When they had 15 years of accommodated monetary policy, um, suppressed interest rates, about nine years of that was at uh, near zero interest rates for their target rate. And they built up their balance sheet to $9 trillion dollars. That put a bunch of money in the system that wasn't based on market demand. That was based on the Fed playing God. And so there was too much money for the banking system to handle, and the banks had to make decisions, and they all made different decisions. We had Silicon Valley Bank, who threw that at treasuries. We had First Republic, who made really low-cost loans to, uh, to rich people for their mortgages, so on and so forth. But the reason that they were kind of making these boneheaded decisions is because they had all this money and it it really didn't foot with supply and demand. Then on the other side of the Fed doing that, when we ended up having not just the asset inflation, but it it seeped into um, the spending and and consumer prices, then we had, you know, way too much um, that changed on a dime from the Fed. They they raised rates at an incredibly historically rapid rate to the point that now you have all of these balance sheets uh, upside down at these different banking institutions. And I heard you and Stu talking previously, you know, it's not just these decisions that, that we've been seeing, but things like commercial real estate. We have half of commercial real estate mortgages that are coming due within the next two years. And the most risky part of that is the office space. As we know, people aren't going back to the offices like they were. About a quarter of those are coming due to be refinanced during this year, during 2023. So we have those issues. We have risky pools of who's going to write. Who's going to write those loans? We already have a liquidity problem. They keep saying who is going to write the loans for giant buildings downtown that are sitting empty. Right. Who's going to who's going to write them at today's interest? Correct. And how are the how are how is that math foot? It does not work. And so we're going to end up with loans that are are underwater, and and we're going to see that ending up being an issue that goes throughout the banking system that we haven't yet seen. So in terms of your original question of kind of where we are, it's very possible that we are in like sort of the first third to half of something that's not just a recession, but something that is a legitimate financial crisis. And again, we need to point the blame at the Federal Reserve and at the government for having this negligent, destructive monetary policy because we, you know, we keep hearing, oh, it's the, the banks and it's regulation. It's the Fed. So what is the problem with like PacWest and, uh, you know, some of the others that were mentioned? Zion's bank was mentioned. What, what is what's the problem with those guys? Is it the same problem? And it just once one goes down, then it makes those guys weaker. So we're going to end up with six banks. 
Yes, I mean, and that's problem. We call it the, the great consolidation, which is happening in all industries and certainly is a real issue with the banking system, which creates lots of issues, not just for consumer choice, um, but for introductions of things that I know you've been researching for your book, yeah. Future, and I've been researching for you, although nothing CBDCs. It's much, in, much uh, easier to implement a CBDC if you have five banks in the system. You, you, shut, no you system. shut down all talk about ending ESG if they're all Fed banks. Because you, you get the five big ones, they're already in on it. They're completely in on it. And, you know, there, there's just a consolidation of more control in the system. And if you think about what we're talking about here, too big to fail, we're seeing these small issues pop up. Um, in different places, but the fallback position is, well, there are some bigger banks to absorb it. What happens when you just have a few big banks? If something happens yep. with those, game over. So centralization is definitely not my friend. And, you know, with each of these individual banks, like you were talking about, you know, they each have a different flavor of some issue where there was too much money. And so they put it into something where they're not earning a great return or their security, you know, isn't doing particularly well. And then they have more deposits leaving the banks, A, because people are concerned, the information is coming out, and so they want to be somewhere where they feel that it's safer, and B, because they can earn better interest elsewhere. They can put money into a three-month or a six-month treasury and be getting around a 5% yield. Why would you put that cash in your regional bank and be earning less on that? So all of these things, again, caused by the meddling in the market and you know, we have to say it, it sounds kind of planned, right? This is what happened after the Great Recession mm-hmm. financial crisis. All of that legislation made it harder to have community banks. It, it, it decreased lending to small businesses. It favored the big banks and the big corporations. And we saw this during COVID and we're seeing it again. It is that consolidation. It is that great reset. It is that dark future. And at the end of it, you will own nothing. Uh, Carol, um, Quickly, because I've got two questions and I'm already out of time. Uh, see, let's try this one first. The debt ceiling. They're all saying yeah. that we're not going to negotiate because the cupboards are bare. That is ridiculous to even. I mean, it's insulting, but most people aren't paying attention. If the Republicans stick to their guns or if Joe Biden sticks to his and he's like, I'm not moving and they're playing a game of chicken and nobody moves. What happens I mean, I I think that this June 1st date is um, somewhat of a joke. I mean, there is money in the system, and there's just a question of prioritizing what you use it to pay for. So they could shut down parts of the government, which obviously would be something that would be happy for the rest of us, and use that Mm -hmm. money to pay the debt. If they decide that they're not going to pay the debt, then we know that it's intentional because this is a choice. There is money to make a decision. They they may not have money to do everything they want, but they could prioritize paying off the credit card. And if they don't, then I think we're in a very, very different scenario, Glenn. Wow. I hope we don't. I mean, I hope we don't have to face that because then what do you do when you know it's intentional? I mean, I, we, we've been, I've, I've been on the air for 13 years and have talked about, oh, we're going to default on, on the debt 
uh, you know, every single time and every single time somebody caves at, at the last moment. So I think the probability is low, but that doesn't mean it's an impossibility because we've seen who's in charge. Well, I, yeah, I have to tell you that, I mean, I hope the Republicans don't flinch. I mean, they should I, not I, give an inch. It is totally reasonable, totally reasonable. They, they, they cannot. If we, if I, I talked about this with Stu before, debt ceiling is supposed to mean you cannot spend anymore. Right. They have modified this more than 100 times since the end of World War II, and we've racked up $31.7 trillion. So obviously having a ceiling isn't a working yeah. issue. They have to find a different way to keep this fiscal train from running off the track. Okay, 30-second answer. Don't a lot of mortgages reset, I mean, regular residential mortgages, far as uh, the interest rate this year? So I think that most people, and I'd have to look up the specific number, uh, have taken advantage of low-cost debt and have locked in long-term interest rates. Mm -hmm. But if you have something that's an adjustable rate, um, you know, those are going to be an issue. But I think it's a pretty small part. Residential real estate shouldn't be the issue, especially given the undersupply this time around. I'm much more concerned about commercial, about corporate loans, about derivatives, about things on that side. I'm not as concerned about residential. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Carol, thank yeah. you so much. My pleasure. You bet. Get Carol's uh, new book, You Will Own Nothing. It comes out uh, this summer, right? I think right after my book, uh, which is Dark Future. You can order them both together online. You can order them separately if you want to just get Carol's book. Um, and also, I am going to be in St. George, Utah, and about two weeks before the book goes out, and we're going to have books there. And you'll be able to pick them up there. It'll be the first time. You'll be the first people to get the book, Dark Future. If you join us at our uh, museum uh, in St. George, Utah, you can find out more about that. Uh, if, you, uh, if you go to uh, unitedwepledge.org. That's unitedwepledge.org. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the, uh, the Glenn Beck program. There is, I, I read something uh, today, you know, the, the study that is out about um, how bad our schools are becoming. Uh, I think it's, it's much worse than uh, anybody really understands. Uh, it, is, it is to the point to where our kids, maybe, maybe 20%, know anything about American history. They are failing on everything. And think of that. Think of 20% of our kids know American history can pass an American history test. Okay? A grade appropriate. Only 20%. And think about what they've been taught. How much of that is real, true American history? Mm. Yeah. That was like the Elon Musk interview with Bill Maher the other day where he yeah. said... He's talking to someone and they were talking about George Washington and they said, asked a kid, what, what do they know about him? And they said, well, he was a slave owner. That's it. Not even he was president. 
He was a slave owner. That's really depressing. Oh, it's it's really, really not good. Um, I really encourage you to come see us in St. George. We're bringing the museum out for the very first time uh, on the road, and it's open, I think, for 10 days. About 60% of the, it's open 12 hours a day for 10 days, and it's already 60% sold out. Um, so you need to get your uh, tickets for this. Bring your kids. Bring your kids. It, it is, they will learn more history through that museum than they have probably, even you, learned in their whole life. There, there is true American history, the good, the bad, and the ugly. All of it is addressed. Uh, and it'll take you probably a couple hours to go through it. Uh, and, you know, that's if you don't have a fat head like me given the tour. Uh, I'm going to be giving some of the tours um, myself, but please join us. Bring your kids. Uh, and you can get all of the ticket information at unitedwepledge.org. Unitedwepledge.org. <laughs> 